It's MKFM. Really delighted this afternoon to be joined by co-founders of Nadia, Derek Edwards and Anna Merchuk. Derek and Anna, how are you both? We're great. Good, How are you? you? Very well. Lovely to speak to you. Um, fantastic work that Nadia does. First of all, give us a bit of an overview of the charity and what it's all about. Okay, it started in at the start of the war when I drove across to the Poland-Ukraine border in a minibus uh, to ferry refugees that were coming across. All those horrific pictures that we saw on the BBC with Katja Adler, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, about a week later, I had a minibus and I drove across there and started moving people around very quickly realised that wasn't what was needed. What was needed was homes in the UK under the Homes for Ukraine scheme, which was just about to start. And one of my, the first people that I met when I was there was Anna and her mum, Helena. And it ended up, we came, we drove back in the minibus after about six weeks of being in Poland. And Anna and myself kicked off Nadia during that journey. Went to, I went through my thought process of what needed doing. Anna, obviously being fluent in English and fluent in Ukrainian, was going was going to play a big part. I couldn't have done it without without somebody who could speak the language, and that's really the start of it. And then we started then just getting visa applications in for for people because the the system was extremely difficult to navigate. So we'd find the sponsors, we'd go and check on the houses, we would do the visa application. And then we'd go pick people up from the airport, take them to the place where they were going to stay, help them with getting their BRPs, help them with um, universal credits, um, point them in the right direction of schools. So pretty much a wraparound service. Then we got too big, too quick, and we couldn't wrap around anymore. But we carried on as much as we possibly could with such a small team. And then we started to grow the team throughout the summer of last year and into autumn of last year. What a year it has been. Um, Anna, I'll come to you in just a moment. First, Derek, Derek what, was, what were you doing before uh, the outbreak of the war? What, what was your history? Uh, I've got my own business, so and um, it's been managed. Um, I've, got some, I've got some great people. We've been together for about 15 years. Um, as soon as the war started, pre- they pretty much knew that I would be going there because I've done it before. I, 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 was, I, was, I was involved in the jungle in Calais for quite some time and we've had quite a lot of refugees living in our house from different places from from Africa, Syria, Afghanistan. So as soon as it started, they pretty much knew I I would be um, dropping the business and I have completely dropped it and um, that I would be going across there. So I've still got the business and the business is what funds everything that we do. The business um, funds it. Wow. Incredible. Well, I mean, it's it's awesome the work that you're doing uh we'll talk some more about the work of the charity in just a moment um anna if i can come to you um derek mentioned that you're from ukraine were you living in ukraine at the the start of the war uh yes uh, yes i was born in ukraine um we uh, uh my mom and i decided to go to poland in order to potentially get visas to canada it was in march 2022 yeah um and uh then I met Derek. It was uh, very accidentally. Uh, I was I was uh, driving through Poland, and uh, we met in the bus with um, uh, with one of the volunteers who was also working with Derek. Yeah, and that's pretty much how we how we met. And uh, this this meeting turns my life into a completely different direction. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. So you're now here in Milton Keynes, a co-founder of the charity. Um, what's your role in the in the charity? What are you working on primarily? Well, uh, at first I was working as a translator, mm-hmm. uh, as Derek mentioned already. Um, after that, I was um, pretty much responsible for the matching service we were offering. 
So I would get uh, the details from a Ukrainian family and I would get the details from the sponsor family. And then I would uh, match them uh, in terms of uh, the location uh, the Ukrainians want to live in, uh, their level of English, their hobbies, uh, the number of people in the family. And uh, I would say that 90% of times it worked perfectly well. And we didn't have any breakdown. We had one breakdown, but we uh, between the sponsor family and the Ukrainian family, but we uh, worked around it and we managed to managed to uh, succeed in that case as well. Amazing, uh, Derek. You mentioned the speed at which the charity was set up and how quickly it grew. I mean, try and give me some sort of idea of the numbers of how many people are settling in Milton Keynes and how many people is the charity supporting. Um, we've supported, I got some figures the other day, and these figures change change on a regular sure. basis, but we've had now about 511 people was the figure that I got. Wow. We were with um, the Refugee Council the other day, and that was the figures that we got then. So about 511 people, but not all with visa applications, a lot of visa applications, and not just in Milton Keynes, but around the UK, wherever we found somebody. We did um, we did an interview on Ukraine cast um, in June or July of last year, and that generated a lot of interest because Ukraine casted Victoria Derbyshire. It's quite a big, it's mm-hmm. quite a big thing, and that generated a lot of interest. But it generated interest nationwide. So we started placing people all over the country, and that's what I said when we couldn't then do all of our due diligence, we couldn't do all of the checks. So we then left it to local authorities to go and do the DBS check and mm-hmm. and the house check and make sure that, that everything was okay. So and then it grew very very quickly, as as you can imagine, with that number of people. And my fear all along, and we discussed it as we're a group of about five or six now, and we discussed it right from the start, was the homelessness crisis that was likely to appear after the six-month sponsorship agreement came to an end. One, you've got a breakdown of, of, um, of relationships because they just don't get on or it's just too much. It's a big thing to, to have a family of, of, of three in your house, mum and two kids, mm. when most of the time these are people who kids have left home maybe 10 or 15 years ago. So it's quite a big thing. So we knew that there was going to be a problem. And since then, we've moved on to the rehoming of people, uh, which is the current crisis that's facing, facing every local authority in Britain. So this is the biggest problem facing Ukrainians at the moment, is it finding new locations for them? Um it's it's hard to say that when some people are still suffering missile strikes. So the biggest well, problem yeah. that they've got is obviously getting them to safety out of Ukraine. Yes, yeah. But that requires sponsorship and we can't find sponsors at all. It's just okay. impossible. So, But the biggest problem for the people we've already helped and the people that we've, we've helped subsequently that didn't come in through our visa applications is that now they're being forced out, they're, they're, they're being evicted, they're going into temporary accommodation. Yeah, sure. Uh, local services can't cope with it, and and we understand that. I'm not blaming anybody for this. We know there's a there's a housing shortage in the UK, and all of a sudden we've now got 110,000 Ukrainians come in, to and all they're doing all that does is compound this situation. So we do understand the problems that local authorities have, but that's the reason we've come up with a solution. We're still looking for sponsors, and we're looking for landlords. They're the two things we're looking for. Okay, so talk us through the the plan then, the the solution that you're you're working towards. Okay, so we've got a plan to house. We're running a little bit behind currently, but we've got a plan to house 100 families in between now and the end of June uh, in the private rented sector. And the way we do it is that we become the guarantor. Now, it can be the charity that's the guarantor, but that may put some landlords off because we're a new charity, so we don't have any, if you like, credit history. 
or I can be the guarantor personally, which, and it makes no difference because if, if the Ukrainian doesn't pay, I'm paying it anyway, even mm-hmm. if it's for charity or myself. So mm-hmm. we become the guarantor. Um, we pay the deposit and we pay the first three months rent up front to encourage landlords to let to Ukrainians who obviously have no credit history in the mm-hmm. UK. Yeah. And we're doing that, we're self-funding it. Um, for the first trial, we want to get this hundred trial, hundred house, hundred family trial out of the way, and then if we can prove that concept, we then believe we can roll it out, out, and we can fundraise pretty much across the UK. And every every one of the major refugee charities um, are coming to us for help. So we're the new kids on the block. They've been around. World Jewish Relief been wow. around since. 1931 um, refugee council we went the other day 1951 but everybody's coming to us to see how we're doing it so we've got constant meetings with people so once we believe this will work especially as it's been self-funded i'm not asking anybody for any money at all we're self-funding this and if we can prove this concept works we believe that we the cost of housing um a individual ukrainian is about 490 pounds so we can do a family of three into the house, into the private rented sector for less than 1,500 quid. Wow. And there's nothing as cheap out there. Local authorities, for, to give you an example, local authorities, they've got somebody in temporary accommodation hotels or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking at about £3,000 a month sure. just to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned earlier you were looking for sponsors, but not for this specifically. Is that right? Um, sponsors are for the people that we still want to get out of Ukraine. Yeah. Anna, Anna has a, an inbox that gets battered by about 10 to 15 people every day asking for help. Wow. Um, and we're, sit, we're sitting here and we're reading these, these, these stories, these horrific stories, and there's nothing we can do because we don't have sponsors. Yeah. So we want sponsors for that. And we want landlords for the, um, for the people who are already here and are on the verge of becoming homeless or in some cases, they just want to leave. They want to start. They want to set up the life on their own. They don't want to be burdensome to the people, to the sponsors they've already had. And we've got some fantastic relationships. One that we brought in, and the sponsor paid twelve months' rent up front for the, for the for the lady and and her kids. Now she's paying it back. The Ukrainian lady's paying it back, but you can see that that's a fantastic relationship. And they and they're like they're now like um, like mother and father and daughter and grandkids. Mm. I mean, their relationship. And we've got so many fantastic stories like that. That's good so to we hear. don't want it, want it to come across as, as, you know, nothing but desolation. We've got brilliant stories out of this, fantastic life stories that, we'll, that we'll, people will pass on for years. Yeah. So if anyone is listening now who is maybe an individual or a business thinking they could support as a sponsor, or if there's a landlord listening who might be able to help you with rehoming people, can they just reach yeah. out to you directly? They can reach out to us directly. Um, they can go to our website, which is homesforukraine.org. So they can find us there. We're also, we've also got a stand in Milton Keynes City Centre on the 24th and the 25th of February. So that's next Friday and Saturday. We chose that date deliberately and Milton Keynes Shopping Centre were fantastic. They accommodate us really, really quickly because that's the anniversary of the start of the world, the 24th. We also know that there's going to be some awful news coming out of Ukraine in the next week. And we're, we're going to, it sounds horrible, but we're leveraging that, that horrible news to make people sit up and take notice again. Yeah. So we'll be there, fully manned stand for two days, and hopefully we will do a sponsor and a landlord drive there. And if that's successful, we would hope to do that again sometime in the future. We feel that once we've, once we've got some landlords or landlords agents on side, I think it's going to be very easy. It's just this, this initial stages that, that is proving quite challenging for us.
Yeah, so do uh, if you do keep an eye out if you are in the centre of town at the weekend, if you're able to to go and support uh, Homes for Ukraine in any way, please do. Um, you mentioned some of the incredible stories that have come out of this. T- talk us through, you know, how how are Ukrainians finding settling in Milton Keynes generally? Anna, it's more difficult for you because you because you are. Well, okay, Anna's Anna's struggling with that question a bit because she knows what she knows how she settled in, but that's mm. that's not the story. So. I would say that most people are settling in quite well. It, the better your English is, the better you'll settle in for sure. The mm. easier it, it, it is to get jobs. Uh, very fortunate in Milton Keynes that there's lots of warehouse work and there's lots of Polish people already in the, in the warehouse sector and there's commonality between the two languages. Mm-hmm. So it's quite easy to for, for um, even, even highly qualified people, they may end up in warehouse work to start with, but there's... English lessons that they're taking and people's English is improving all over the place. The people that, that I've met, I've got two young young boys in my house and, you know, they're speaking pretty much perfect English now after being there since April of last year. So as people improve their English, then I think their lot gets better. Once they get themselves into the, into the private rented sector, they feel more independent so they can earn the money. Universal credit is is extremely good to them as well. So they don't need to be earning mega bucks because they will get some housing benefits. And overall, I think that we look after them extremely well when they get to the country. Getting to the country is challenging for them, which is why we set the charity up in the first place. But overall, I would say that people are settling in well and assimilating into UK lifestyle well. The people in the villages are struggling a little bit more because if they don't have access to transport, that's harder. But I would imagine people in cities would all say that they're getting on well and they're getting on well with British people. Derek and Anna, it's truly remarkable, I think, what you've achieved in the last 12 months or so. And I, I hope it continues to, you know, I hope you manage to continue to support Ukrainians here in Milton Keynes. Um, remind us once again, if anyone is listening who thinks they can support the charity, how they can do that. Well, you can contact us on the website. You can put my telephone number out there as well. I mean, I, my, phone, my phone buzzes from, from morning till night. It never stops. So <laughs> you've got my phone number. Put that out as well. And you've got the homesforukraine.org, which is the website, which will take them into. And it gives them in, uh, an indication of what we do. And then anybody that's interested, we'll send out a presentation of our, um, our housing plan, how we, how we see that's, that rolling out. And I do believe that from coverage from yourselves, coverage from us going up to the shopping centre, we've got we've got quite a quite a number of television interviews next week as well to coincide with this. Anna is on uh, Sky News on Saturday morning next week, um, early on live on live television. I think we've got Good Morning Britain. Uh, we've got so many that that I can't even remember now. We're overwhelmed at the moment with with these sort of interviews. So everything will help us. So anything you guys can do, especially being local and we're local, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, it'd be great to speak to you again in maybe a couple of weeks' time to just keep, you know, to regularly check in and see how the charity is, is going and, and where where everything's up to. Uh, but uh, Derek and Anna, co-founders of uh, Nadia Homes for Ukraine, it's been absolutely incredible chatting to you this morning. So thank you so much for your time and, and keep up the great work. Lovely. Great thank to you. talk to you. Speak to you soon. Thanks, Michael.